Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like chatting about all things bookish, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice. And I'm Vina. Welcome to our very special Black History Month episode. I am very excited because we made you guys decide what this episode would be. <laughs> and right. we are here to deliver. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we asked you guys on Instagram what would be the topic, and you guys decided that we should go to Black-owned bookstores in New York City. So... I'm excited. That is what we did. That is that is what is <laughs> what is done. That is what you decided, and that is what we did. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but before we do that, we wanted to just point out that this is the one year anniversary. Is it today? Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. It was our first yeah. time that we released an episode. So, like, we're doing right. an episode the day after the first time we released it. But. It wasn't like our intentions to release it so late because we had such a hard time like recording. We had to record our first episode like three or four times uh, right. before finally the product of our I first know. episode. Yes. But we hope that everyone has enjoyed it. We've had fun doing it. <laughs> yeah. And um, we had our first like in-person interaction about it with Aaron. If Aaron, if you're listening to this one, thank you for stopping by and saying that you like the podcast. That was really cool. That was so cool. And, like, it's, it made my, ha- my heart so happy that someone who enjoyed our podcast came to support you, too. Like, yeah. Like, definitely. I appreciate that. Like, I appreciate that so much. And I've had <laughs> listeners, like, I guess, like, fo- like friends who have listened to our podcast, like, tell us, like, tell us. And compliment all the time. We always get this compliment of, like, us sounding so well together. And I don't know, like, it just gives me, mm-hmm. like, a sense of, like, okay, we're doing the right thing. Because, like, there's right. so, like, you don't know if you're doing the right thing, you know, like. You hope that people exactly. are enjoying it. And then when people do say, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, you're like, right, oh, no. okay. The the feedback is very important to, like, keep us going and just knowing what works and what doesn't work. So Right, right. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you guys again. I love doing it. I hope you love doing it. <laughs> yes, I love it so much. Aww, Even when we aren't the most consistent with posting episodes <laughs> and have taken long breaks, I just want to say that we appreciate everything. Alrighty, so before we share with you guys what we did at the bookstores, what we bought at the bookstores, and the whole experience, uh, we're going to start with our usual last reads. Yes. And I'm very curious to know your last reads because I feel like we haven't touched base in a minute. <laughs> right. Well, I will say, like, I'm going to start my what did I last read section with, like, a little disclaimer. Like, I want to tell you guys, like, um, I guess, like, I want to talk about how, like, I had to do my first like DNFs of 2022 mm. and I'm oh so God, sad I'm so about scared. it yeah I decided so like um we talked on our, our small group chat between me Julissa and um V and we were talking about like uh like some of my problems with my my current reads and so like I ended up like this like at when we were talking about it I was like I didn't know if I wanted to DNF it but I think I'm like at a point where I'm just like okay about to DNF it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not proud to say it, but I DNF'd Call Us What We Carry by Amanda Gorman and the collection played mm. by Kendra Allen. But there is a disclaimer to my disclaimer. I have not given up <laughs> on the collection plate. I don't think I'm just in a space to read the collection. But, you know, I don't think okay. that I'm going to pick up Call Us What We Carry again. I think the poetry collection, first of all, was fucking massive for a first collection. And for me, because mm-hmm. became too repetitive. And could have gone through two or three more edits of the poems to stop the repetitiveness. I, I got right. about, like, 40 pages in, and it was just so hard to get through. And I don't think it's her fault. 
I feel like publication is a lot to blame for this one. And I've seen so many people raving about it. And I was like, are we reading the same book? Like, at first I mm. felt ashamed or, like, embarrassed to, like, not to say that I wasn't enjoying it. But, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not Aww. worth all the hype. It was just not, it wasn't good to me, you know. And that's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Like, No, I feel it. for her, too, because her fame was so overnight that I yeah. feel like she had a lot of pressure from every single person in her life. So... I understand why you're DMFing, but I'm also like I feel I feel a little bit bad for her. Yeah, like there well, was Well, she's cool... probably not feeling bad about her fame, but <laughs> Word, she got money, so she yeah, she yeah, good, she good. good when she goes to the bank, you know? But for me it just it just wasn't hitting it. I was just like waiting for something. Yeah. And I I felt like the same type of like uh disappointment I did with the first like book that you know I found mm-hmm. at the library which was the um the inaugurational speech, but I didn't think it was just going to be that poem in there. When I picked it up, I thought it was going right. to be like a small collection of her work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like I got disappointed again and I'm like, well, fuck, like, you know. Yeah, they made sucks. sure to release that quickly. Yeah. Because of the yeah. fame that she was getting. Yeah. Exactly. So like mm-hmm. publication want their money. She got her money like she won. <laughs> but like to me, it just wasn't a win. Like I didn't I didn't like it. Right. Right. But. Okay. Yeah, and I, like, went over to the lower stars, like, in her collection, because I was just like, I cannot be the only one that doesn't like this poem right now, this book right now. And, like, mm-hmm. I have a person that, I f- that like, reads a lot of poetry that I I just know through Goodreads, and she said a lot of the things that I was feeling, and I didn't, I, I wasn't thinking about that, and when she said it, I was just like, wow, yeah, you just put a, you put words in my mouth, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. how you get somebody, like, you don't know how you're feeling about something, and somebody just says, like, this is how you feel, right? And I'm like, damn, like, yeah, that's how I feel, you know? Right. Right. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I didn't read as much as I did last some um last month, but whatever, we'll just, whatever. It's not a competition, <laughs> you know? But It's not, no. No, it's not. <laughs> um, I read <laughs> Teeth Never Sleep by Angel Garcia, which was a beautiful collection of work, um, poetry work. Like, mm. if you... Like, pick it up. It's amazing. I just, like, felt so, like, I was, like, that book is so underlined in my, in my book, like, in the book. It's so underlined. It's so good. So many good lines. So many good poems. It was really, mm. like, a nice reflection into machismo-ness from a male Latinx person. Like, it was so good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Count Your Lucky Stars by Alexander Bellafure, which was the last in the series, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I read The Tradition by Jericho Brown. The cover is gorgeous and it's so crazy because I had spent years knowing about his work. But this was, a, this was the first time that I picked up a collection by him. And I really was not disappointed. This book was really good. There were so many great mm-hmm. poems in here. And I have yet to attempt to write a duplex poem. But it's something that I really want to do. So, um, They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. Which... I really yeah. liked. And it was so much different from the first book I read from him. Did you enjoy because this one more? I I didn't enjoy it more. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I didn't enjoy it more. Like, But, like, they both die at the end. Like, you gave away the ending. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was so... Of course, it, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Like, it ended up being like, okay, I get it. Because, like, if... It's just so much. I don't want to ruin it, but it's a really good experience. I had a really nice experience reading it, and it was just, like, so many point of views, but you never got lost in the point of views, and it was really good, and they were, like, really short chapters. Like, every point of view was, like, a few pages. It wasn't even long. It was a really fast mm-hmm. book to get through. So. Okay, sweet. And then I read Akata Witch 
by Nindy Okafor. I felt like um, I sometimes have this issue with trilogies. It's a trilogy I read. Um, actually, this was called Okada Warrior. I'm sorry. I read Okada Witch last year. And then mm-hmm. I'm just now getting to Okada Warrior. Um, I feel like sometimes you have this issue with trilogies where the first book is so good. And then the second kind of feels like a filler. Like, mm-hmm. just to get to the end. Mm-hmm. And I kind right. of felt like this, but overall, it was good. I can see the growth in Sunny and how powerful she's getting. It's amazing. Like, Sis is working overtime. And I'll just read you a small, like, <laughs> synopsis. Um, a year ago, Sunny, an American-born Nigerian girl, was inducted into the secret leopard society as she began to develop her magical powers. Sunny learned that she had been chosen to lead a dangerous mission to avert an apocalypse brought about by a terrifying masquerade. Ikwansu. Now stronger, feistier, and a bit older, Sunny is study- studying with her mentor, Sugar Cream, and struggling to unlock the secrets in her strange Nisby book. Like, what I like about this is, like, I don't know, it's, like, set in Africa. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm learning about a culture that I don't really know about. And I'm learning about, like, things that I've heard about. But I never, like, I don't have, like, a like, I don't have a deep understanding of, but, right. like, it makes right. me want to, like, go deeper into, like, and looking into stuff. And I started looking into stuff as I was, like, reading this book. And I remember doing the same thing with a uh, a Witch. And I just really mm-hmm. like it. I really like it. Oh, I'm glad. Is there yeah. a next book? You, yeah, you have to read the third, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's Akata Woman is the next one. Mm. And I'm going to, um. so this book I got from my library. So I'm going to, like, order another copy like a like the Akata woman from the library and get it. Okay, sweet. Nice. Yeah. Is that so it? So what have you last <laughs> read? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I finished three books since our last episode. Okay. Um, I'm still on a roll. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. So I finished first uh, Dance of Thieves by Mary E. Pearson. I went you into detail it? in our. I finished it. I'm, I'm so very, like very that's how you know me and Vina haven't really been talking. <laughs> uh, it's been a minute, yeah. So, um, Dance of Thieves is part of a duology. Uh, the second one is called Vow of Thieves. I haven't picked it up yet because I'm not ready for the duology to end. Always, um, because I really always. love the characters, huh? I said always, always, like you, <laughs> you always. You never want to finish things. <laughs> I drag it. I hate things that end. Um, but yeah, I love the first book. Um, if you haven't heard our previous episode, I went into detail of what it's about. But basically, it's about uh, our t- two main char- characters, Cassie and Jace. Um, it's a enemies to lovers trope, if you will. Oh, I <laughs> but it's set like in the medieval times, which I, at first I was hesitant of reading because I don't usually gravitate towards those books. Mm-hmm. But I really ended up loving the way that she writes it. And it makes you feel like you know all about it. Because she really, like, breaks it down for you. And um, the banter between the characters is, like, chef's kiss. It's so good. Um, which is why I haven't picked up the second one. Because I'm not ready <laughs> for the right. for the series to end. And then I read what is possibly my favorite book of the year. I know it's barely March. <laughs> We haven't even gotten to March, and I'm making a a big statement over here. Um, (laughs) So the book is Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. Okay. Shanice, I need you to read this book because I think you will love it. 
I think everyone should read this book. <laughs> so I'm going to give mean, you the synopsis real quick. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Brooklyn Knight Eva Mercy is a single mom and best-selling erotica writer who is feeling pressed from all sides. Shane Hall is a reclusive, enigmatic, award-winning author who, everyone's, who, to everyone's surprise, shows up in New York, right? Just mm-hmm. it, the, the way she sets the scene is so good. I love this author. I want to read everything she writes. Anyway, so when Shane and Eva meet unexpectedly at a book event, sparks mm-hmm. fly, raising not only their past buried trauma, but the eyebrows of New York's black literati. What no one knows is that 20 years earlier, teenage Eva and Shane spent one crazy week madly in love. They may be pretending that everything is fine now, but they can't deny their chemistry or the fact that they've been secretly writing to each other in their books ever since. Bro, bro. Mm. (laughs) I don't know how to explain this to you, but like all of her books. mm, So mm. they've been writing to they've been writing to each other in books that they've published yes that yes. is insane i love that yes it's so freaking good anyway let me they haven't even finished with the synopsis so Sorry. over the next seven days in the middle of a steamy brooklyn summer eva and shane reconnect but Eva's not sure how she can trust a man who broke her heart and she needs to get him out of new york so that her life can return to normal but before shane disappears there are a few questions she wants answered bro <laughs> I keep pausing just to say you need to read this book. Everyone needs to read the book. There's so many parts that I highlighted, that I tabbed, that I took pictures of. It's just I've never read a book with such a beautiful love story, but that it didn't feel cheesy in any way whatsoever. Like wow. the dialogue they had was very realistic. The problems they faced wasn't like a trope. It was something like actually serious that they had to work their problems through right um and even at the end like you are gonna be left wanting more from their story which is awesome she doesn't mm-hmm. like tie it up very neatly either um let's see what else i gave it 4.75 stars <laughs> really why 4.75 you're such an asshole <laughs> i took away 0.25 because i feel like her editor failed her with two chapters that most of the book is like from Shane's point of view and Eva's point of view, but two chapters are from two people that we don't really need to like read about. So they like took me out of the story and I was like, this was so pointless. I would rather have two more chapters with our main characters because we needed those two chapters at the end. And that's, I think something the editor should have caught. So that's why I didn't give it five stars. You're such an asshole. Mainly because I'm a jerk and also because that really bothered me. Okay. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I think it's, I was thinking about the characters like weeks later. I could, I could talk about this book all day. It was amazing. I love when, when you're so excited for a book, you're like, I just feel like <laughs> I can't get over this, the characters. I know. I know. It's so good. Um, oh, I went from something so good to something so not good. So my yeah. third last read was Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. Have you ever read a Malcolm Gladwell book? No, Jeez. but I've seen like a lot. Like I've seen it. I've seen his book. You've seen like he's so freaking popular. This guy is right. everywhere. And my brother, 
who's not a reader has read like three of his books. So right. I'm thinking to myself, like, Mike is a smart dude, my brother. Like, maybe, maybe I, he's onto something and I should pick it up. So we're reading it for book club now. Mm-hmm. I finished it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I've never been like, hmm. I've never felt so uncomfortable and like so triggered by a book the way this one did. So it mm. starts off. Okay, so it's called Talking to Strangers, right? So right. his theory is that miscommunication is the reason for a lot of like events in history that went wrong. So, for example, how Fidel Castro was able to fool the CIA and how um, Hitler was able to fool the, the prime minister of England back in the day. Like, up to that point, he had me. I was like, okay, there was miscommunication. People from different cultures, like, don't know how to communicate with one another. Or, mm-hmm. like, the customs that we have may not be translated to the... You know what I mean? Like, there's something always lost in translation because we all have different words for things. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had me. Like, I was like, yes, yes. And the point of his book was, like, uh, do you remember Sandra Bland back in, like, 2015, I want to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So if the listeners don't know, she was in Texas driving her car. She was stopped by a cop because one of her blinkers wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And it escalated to the point where he took her to jail. And then three days later, she committed suicide in the jail cell. Mm -hmm. So that was like, everyone was up in arms. Like, what went wrong? What happened? So Malcolm Gladwell was like, I want to answer what happened between that communication with them that didn't work that escalated the situation to this point, right? Like, are you with me? Like, you get you get his point My up to is, this point. Okay. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah. But then he has, like, three or four chapters of using that theory to apply it to rape cases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get so heated. You should see me right now. So there was this case in Stanford University that he tries to use this with. So Brock Turner, I'm sure if you Google him and you see his face, you know who I'm talking about. Okay. So he uh, attempted rape to a young girl who was drunk, and he was drunk as well. Mm -hmm. So Malcolm Gladwell is trying to say, like, what was lost in their conversation that made it okay for him to try to have sex with her? And that that made me so angry, dude, right. because in no uh, no certain terms can you justify a rape just because somebody's drunk. Right. And he goes on and on and like there was one point, I think I sent you a voice note of one of the paragraphs that I yeah, just I lost my mind. Mm. But this critic was like, "Oh, if we had told our girls to not drink then they wouldn't be put in this situation of being raped and that's not right like at all and I was looking at reviews because everyone loves this guy and I was like okay is he a psychologist and no he's not is he a scientist he's not he's just a podcast person and a journalist who like everyone goes to for his opinion about like certain topics and I'm like you shouldn't be talking about this in these terms and kind of justify how women are raped, but it's because of miscommunication or because of alcohol. Like that's not, mm, 
Right. Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it is true. Like, it's not... I don't even agree what he said about Sandra Bland. Like, you know, um, right. I actually had this friend, um, did my neighbor, right? He mm-hmm. was um, driving through Philly. No, he was driving from Philly to here, to New York, right? And he stopped mm-hmm. through, like, he had a, like, flat tire or some shit. And, like, some state troopers pulled over, right? And this guy, he has a flat tire, right? Instead mm-hmm. of, like, helping him, they were like, we need to see your license and registration, why is that your first thought when somebody has a flat tire? Right. I feel like he was way out of line. Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave that book yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that book. <laughs> and focus on the great books that we're reading now. So what are you currently I reading? I am currently reading, um, for poetry, I'm reading Black Movie by Donna Smith. And this book, I believe, completes my collection mm. with Donna's. And I'm really excited about it because Yay. Black Movie is one of my favorite poems by him. So I hope it is in here. And then I'm reading, um, and then I'm reading Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake. And Okay, I'm curious. Well, I couldn't resist it. I'm so obsessed with the cover and the color of it. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. lately, like, Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on, you know, and like, I just wanted to read something light. And so like, that's why I, I was like, I'm really excited about this book coming out. So I just ended up reading it today, so I'm going to read the synopsis of it. Delilah Green swore okay. she couldn't, she would never go back to Bright Falls. Nothing is there for her but memories of a lonely childhood in which she was little more than a burden to her cold and distant stepfamily. Her life is in New York with her photography career finally gaining steam and her bed never empty. Sure, there's a different woman in it every night, but that's just fine with her. When Delilah's estranged uh, stepsister, Astrid, pressures her into pho- uh, photography, Oh, photographing her wedding with a guilt trip and a five-figure check, Delilah finds herself back in the godforsaken town that she used to call home. She plans to breeze in and out, but then she sees Claire Sutherland, one of Astra's stuck-up besties, and decides that maybe there's some fun and a little retribution to be in Bridget in Bright Falls after all. Now, I'm about a hundred pages deep into this book, right? And, like, okay. the one thing that I'm finding slightly annoying is that they use their, the, like, each of them, because it's, it's in two different perspectives, right? But each of them say their full names. And I'm just so annoyed by it. I'm like... Wait, what like, do you mean? Okay, so one is named Delilah Green and the other one is Kate Sutherland, Claire Sutherland. So, like, okay. when Delilah's talking okay. about Claire, she's like, oh, Claire Sutherland. I'm like, I know who the fuck it is already. Like, we're 100 pages deep into the book. <laughs> Stop saying her full name. Wait, are they, are, do they hate each other at this point? So, I don't, so, like, the thing is, they never really hated each other. What happened is that, like, um, Delilah's okay. mom died when she was three, and then her dad died when she was 10. And, um... Astrid's not Astrid yeah Astrid's dad died and so they were both raised by Astrid's mom and like Astrid's mom when she lost um Delilah's dad like it was they like she went into like a mourning stage where she wasn't really there for them and like it, Mm -hmm. it like Delilah always felt like an outsider like it was Astrid and and the mother 
and that that was them and then she was just on the outside like there was nobody else to raise her she didn't have aunts uncles nothing that would raise her that could raise her so she was kind of like stuck with the stepmom and like she always felt like an outsider Mm -hmm. and then Astrid had these friends um and one of them was Claire and they and like the other friend that they have named Iris would always make fun of at of um Delilah and because of that like mm-hmm. she uh, she thought that like they all hated her but i think claire never really understood her so like yeah, i don't think it was like okay. a hate like thing it was that like claire always was nice to her but like astrid never really liked her but i think it's just like miscommunication on it because they were like both grieving and and shit mm-hmm. like that and like the mom wasn't really there for astrid either like she has her problems with her mom too but like Delil- delilah never felt like you know, she was wanted. She was just, like, left. Like, nobody else could raise her. So she felt like a burden. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also like the name Astrid. So, like, that's why I picked up the book, too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just, I just wanted to read it. All right. Let's see. Let's yeah. see how it goes. How about you? What are you currently reading? Um, okay, so I am reading two books. Okay. Sound the alert. Look at you. <laughs> um, so Guys, what I'm doing I is... I don't know if this is Vina. Is Vina wearing a mask? I, I think don't know. I've, I've been hijacked. I don't know what's going on. Um, so I made a point of, in February, only reading Black authors. So this is going to be right. my third book. Um, and it's called okay. Razor Blade Tears by S.A. Cosby. Um, uh, spoiler alert, I got this at one of the Black-owned bookstores that I went to. And I nice, will let you nice. know later which one. So mm-hmm. uh, the reason I picked up this book is because I've always wanted to read him. And we did two events with him at the shop. And every time he read like from one of his new novels, I was just so taken by him. And like his reading voice is like so good. <laughs> like he should do his mm-hmm. own audiobooks kind of voice. He's really awesome. Mm, um, I love that. So a uh, quick quick synopsis here. It's about a black father, a white father, two murdered sons, and a quest for, re- for vengeance. So Ike Randolph has been out of jail for 15 years with not so much as a speeding ticket in all that time. But a black man with cops at the door knows to be afraid. The last thing he expects to hear is that his son, Isaiah, has been murdered, along with his white husband, Derek. Ike had never fully accepted his son and is devastated by his loss. Derek's father, Buddy Lee, was almost as ashamed of Derek for being gay as Derek was ashamed his father was a criminal. Buddy Lee still has contacts in the underworld, and he wants to know who killed his boy. So Ike and Buddy Lee, two ex-cons with little else in common other than a criminal past and a love for their dead sons, band together in their desperate desire for revenge. In their quest to do better for their sons, uh, in death than they did in life, hardened men will confront their own prejudices about their sons and each, o- each other as they rain down vengeance upon those who hurt their boys. It's a, it's a read, man. It's tough. It's very tough, but it's like... Do you want to know something funny? Yeah. I almost bought this book. Shut the front door. Yeah, I almost bought this book um, when I went to Barnes & Noble's with Cass. Shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, you can borrow it after I finish. Yeah. As I was, as you were saying it, I was like, I was about to buy this book. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's very fast paced. I am 20% in. Loving it mm-hmm. so far. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's a interesting read. It's not something I usually pick up, but I'm liking it. Yeah, I was about to say, is our is our taste merging? What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> Something's happening. <laughs> oh wait, Something I'm reading two happening. books. I haven't said anything about the second book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not used to talking about... Okay, um, so I started an advanced copy of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. That is the title. Uh, by Gabrielle Zevin. So mm-hmm. did you read the storied life of A.J. Fickrey back in the BN days? No. Huh, okay. No, I did not. Um, so I decided to pick up this book because... Why did I pick it up? <laughs> because I read... <laughs> One of her previous works back in like 2014, 2015, and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be made into a movie now, which I think is really interesting. Um, but just the premise of this one kind of pulled me in. So it's about two childhood friends, once estranged, who reunite as adults to create video games, finding an intimacy okay. in digital worlds that eludes them in their real lives. So the two characters are Sam and... Sadie, Sam and Sadie. So they're both like super smart kids. They decide to work on a game together, a video game together. Um, Mm -hmm. And so far, I'm into it. It's like a quick read. And apparently, it's spanning 30 years of their lives. So that's going to be interesting. Mm. And it reminds me a little bit of Ready Player One, just in the the instance that it's about a video game. (laughs) But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. I like her writing. It's pretty pretty easy to get into. Um, one of the... I'm like 40 pages into the book, but one of the games that Sadie creates is inspired by um, Charlotte Bronte, which I thought was really cool. Mm. So it's like, you know that game where you have to shoot down the spaceships? What's it called? Yeah, yeah. The Galactica. Really... Yes. So in her in her game, you're supposed to shoot the words in the order of one of her poems Mm. you know what i'm saying and like it's just really cool like she created that for one of her classes in mit which i thought was cool um but yeah that's i'm into it into it okay yeah all right i think that's it we've caught up (laughs) yeah we're caught up (laughs) Uh, so i guess we should start talking about the bookstores we visited so what made you okay. pick your bookstore before we start? <laughs> so, um, I just wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, so I, since I went to two bookstores, I'll start first and then we'll have Shanice go in the middle of my two bookstores. Um, yes. So the first one I went to was Café con Libros and it is mm-hmm. in Brooklyn by Prospect Park. And let me tell you guys that I decided to go on the day when the trains were not working. (laughs) And I'm in Queens. Going to Brooklyn was like the biggest headache. Uh, But it was worth it. It was a really cute shop. I want to say it's like so tiny. It's even smaller than mine. It's like maybe 300 square feet Mm. or 500. It's very tiny. Um, So it's an intersectional feminist community bookstore and a coffee shop. And through their choices of books, programming, and great coffee, they endeavor to create a vibrant community space where everyone uh, can feel centered, affirmed, and celebrated, which I thought was really cool. So Mm. I did a little research to see how they started and all that. So it's an Afro-Latin 
Black-owned feminist bookstore, and it's located in uh, 724 Prospect Place, and it opened in December 23rd of 2017. I was shook Ooh. when I saw that date because I thought this bookstore was like a year old, but it's it's older than that. Um, so it actually went viral because one of her customers tweeted about it, but I couldn't find the tweet and I feel so sad because <laughs> I wanted to see what they said about the store. But um, she has like 45,000 followers on Instagram. So I guess that tweet really helped her out. Um, so right. it's run by a husband and a wife. The wife is Kalima Desus, and the husband is Ryan Cameron. And um, what I found interesting is that her father owns the building that the bookstore is in and that they're from Panama. Oh. So I was like, okay, cool. So her husband is from Jamaica, and he has a young daughter with um, Kalima, who's the uh, owner. And, um, yeah, so I went in, and she's, like, in one corner, and, like, the whole coffee shop area takes most of the space and I really liked how she had a whole table full of like really popular signed books so I, um yeah so she has like a table with signed books another little table with all the upcoming events that she does which are on crowdcast I want to say um what what drove me a little crazy is like the organization style that she has kind of like made me twitch a little bit <laughs> because I was going to ask you, ooh. was this the one where your, the books were on top of each other? Yes. Yes. So she didn't okay. have the books bind out. She had them stacked and then like double stacked. Okay. So you had to move one stack of books to see the ones behind that stack. And that it's just, it made me twitch. It made me crazy, <laughs> but I understand because she doesn't have a lot of space. So it's right. totally fine. Um, but for me, as like someone who is already picky with her books, it was really tough for me to pick out a book to buy. And right. I wanted to support them. So I'm like, okay, it's also a coffee shop. So I'll get coffee. And I got this really okay. cool mug um, that had like, um, you know, the name of the store in it and all these cute books. And I tried it today and it's perfection. It's really tiny and it fits in my bag. So that's what I got from there. And... Do you have any questions? <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad that you, you know, got through your OCD <laughs> and was able to like. <laughs> I had to reel it in, man. It was crazy. Okay, so now it's your turn. Tell us about yes. your experience. Well, when we were first talking about visiting bookstores, you had thought I already gone to this one. <laughs> but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Cass' cousin lives within walking distance. We went to the Bistro, the Beachdro, which is a really good restaurant by there. And Cass saw the lit bar and said we should go after we leave. But by the time we left, I was A, extremely lit. <laughs> and B, they had already closed. So I was like, good. So um, going over there, I went on a Sunday and I went early enough where I could find parking. And because it was a Sunday, it was free. It's located in the South Bronx on 131st, uh, 131 Alexander Ave. Um, across the street, like diagonally was like two murals that I had never seen before. And I think it was because I was drunk when I was there <laughs> the first time. <laughs> okay. Um, it was like really cool, like seeing those murals and seeing like, um, just Dominican represented, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it was really nice. Um, 
So the bookstore was opened by Noel Santos, who is African-American and Puerto Rican, which I didn't know. I assumed she was Dominican. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the store was official. Oh, wait, no. The store was officially open on April 27, 2019. And they are the only bookshop open in the BX, like independent bookshop open in the BX. Mm-hmm. Um, BN, bar- there was a Barnes & Nobles um, in Baychester Mall that was closed five years ago. And I was really sad because it was by Cass's um, house. Mm. Even though I don't really like Barnes & Nobles, it was nice that it was by Cass's house and there was access to, like, books in that part of the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? Because this is in the South Bronx. It's very far away. Like, um, not very far away, but, like, it's it's hard to access from where she lives, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, they are the only, um, bookshop, independent bookshop, I believe, in the Bronx. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, like, um, going in there, I'm immediately greeted by a bookseller. Her name was Scarlett, and she asked me if I needed help. I wanted to see, like, the poetry section, and she asked me if I wanted recommendations, and I was like, sure, because I love when people recommend, like, (laughs) poets to me. Yeah. Because it gives me a chance to, like, explore poetry that I might have not originally picked up and discover new poets. I love that she asked me what I had already read mm-hmm. because there were so many books there that I had already I had already read and there were so many like Latinx options that I would have never seen at BN or something like a like a big bookstore, you know, like they had so many like like books that I had already read that I don't I don't normally see them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so like I was really excited when I saw it. Nice. Um more more times than not, I'm like really bummed out in poetry sections depending on the store. But, mm-hmm. like I said, it was just so diverse in options. She gave me Stacey Ann Chin, which I know her poetry from videos, and I've read her memoir, so I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. I already like her. Like, I already like Scarlett, because she pointed the Stacey Ann Chin out first. And then, turns out, she's a poet as well. Mm-hmm. And she's in an anthology book that I had bought called The Latinx Poetry Project by Alger- um, Al- Algria Publishing. And it, it's been closed. Oh, and the bar had been closed, like, because there's a wine bar back there. It's been closed because of the pandemic, but I did zoom out so that people could see in the video. But it was, like, such a, like, nice, like, um, environment. And I went a little bit crazy. (laughs) Because it was such a nice vibe. The music was amazing. And I'm honestly surprised I didn't buy more books because I was about to buy, like, more books than I did. Right. Um, And then, like, when I was in there, like, I I just wanted to talk about this one. When I was in there, I saw kids... You know, like, the kids were so excited to come in. Mm-hmm. They were speaking Spanish. Aww. Um, yeah, like, all of them, like, they're Spanish. Like, they're all, like, Dominican, Puerto Rican, whatever, you know? Right. Um, they're Latinx or whatever. And, like, the kids were so excited. And it made me happy because I'm, like, really excited when when kids are excited to read and be in the bookshop. And her mom was like, only one book. And I'm like laughing to myself because that was me, (laughs) you know? And like, I just saw how the staff were just like really attentive, like asking people if they need help, asking for recommendations. And it was such a warm environment. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted Cass to be with me because she would have definitely, like I wanted Cass to be with me because I wanted her to see it. Yeah. But then I was like, damn, she would have made me spend more money. So maybe I'm (laughs) glad that she didn't come with me. I mean, I (laughs) want to go. So we're definitely going back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then we could go to the beach drill because I swear to God, they have like the best fried chicken I've had in New York. Like (laughs) the food is fucking amazing in there. Um, so I bought eight books. (laughs) I bought eight books. Wow. So I bought Home is Not a Country by um, Safaya Alejo. I bought Black Movie by Donna Smith, which I'm reading. 
I bought Conjure Woman by a Afaya Atako Atakora. Mm-hmm. I bought Dead Girls by Nakisa Afia. I bought Crossfire by Stacey Ann Chin. 808s and Other Worlds by Sean Avery Medellin. The Black and Latinx Poetry Project and the Latinx Poetry Project. Nice. And they also had classic section that had classics that aren't considered classics. And I thought that was so cool. They had an LGBT section. And they had other highlighted sections that wasn't just, like, fiction, sci-fi, romance. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, it was just, like, branched out where you could see, like, who, what type of authors that you're buying. Or, like, what type of story you're buying. I love that. Yeah, it was so cool. And I, and the owner was there, but I didn't talk to her. I spoke to the other bookseller. Mm-hmm. Because, like, um, when I had walked in, she was in there. Because I, I walked in, like, five minutes bef- um, before, well, five minutes or six minutes after they opened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I saw the owner and stuff like that. I think she was in there. But <laughs> after, because I didn't know who the owner was when I had went there. Yeah. I, I, like, looked her up after, and I was just like, oh, shit, I think the owner was there. <laughs> but... That's really and, like, cool. they're popular. They, they're so popular. Like, you know, J-Lo was just there. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama did, like, a um like a Zoom call, do Zoom interview with, with her. Um, like, it, it's just, like, known everywhere. Like, she's she was plastered all over the media. Like, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. She's done yeah. good. She's done good. I, J-Lo went. I was like, okay, J-Lo <laughs> with the X. She, they took a picture with the X together. I was like, I, I, I nice. see you. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Your book haul is insane. And I went to two bookstores and it's not as big. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I feel like the I feel like our Instagram followers did this on purpose. <laughs> and like, I'm mad at y'all for making me go to a bookstore. Oh, my God. Because I spent a lot of money. But I'm also not mad at y'all because I got a lot of books. <laughs> and Yeah. You would have vibe to the music, though, because, like, the music was so... I was just in there like, okay, okay, we cutting it up like this. Like, I was just... I just stayed sometimes... I stayed most of it for the music. Like I love that. So, yeah. I'm glad you had fun. So, shout out to Scarlett for helping me out and, like, being so awesome with the recommendations. Like, she picked out half of my books that I bought. Nice. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for my bookstore? Yes, we are ready. Um, so I didn't plan at all to go to a second bookstore. I just, as soon as I left uh, Café con Libros, I was like, I feel like there's another one nearby. So I Googled and 30 minutes away, I walked 30 minutes because I refused to take You walked 30 minutes? I walked 30 minutes. I told you this. So, Girl, I didn't know you walked 30 minutes. I thought you just walked. Like, I didn't think you walked 30 minutes. <laughs> Dude, I walked so much that day. Girl, I got caught. You can see... You could see I got car legs because I'm not walking those 30 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't have a I'm car. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so I walked 30 minutes to Cups and Books. And right off the okay. bat, I fell in love because the book that they had on the window was Seven Days in June. And I was like, okay, this is my bookstore. <laughs> it already it's, gave you a vibe. It's just the perfect vibe. So I go in and it's organized the way I like it. And I feel at peace. Okay. Um, and um, it's a bit bigger than cafe con libros but it also has a coffee section and tables so people can sit and eat and read um so right off the bat like the amount of titles by black authors was awesome this is a bookstore where i got the two books that one of them i already mentioned but i also got another one that i'll reveal in a second um so Mm -hmm. they had like 
the largest collection of Octavia Butler that I've ever seen. <laughs> so, and like numerous copies of the same book. It was really cool. Um, I saw a Toni Morrison book that I've never seen before. It's called The Book Club of Toni Morrison, which was really cool. Um, right. No, but everything smelled like great. And I was like, okay, I got to buy something to eat. I got to buy a book. Um, so the book that I grabbed and I had no plans to get, but I, now I have it. <laughs> Is The Secret Lives mm-hmm. of Church Ladies by Disha Fillier. Fillier? I think that's how you say the last okay. name. Um, so this is a book of short stories. It's only 180 pages, which I love. So it mm-hmm. explores the raw and tender places where black women and girls dare to follow their desires and pursue a momentary reprieve from being good. The nine stories in this collection feature four generations of characters grappling with who they want to be in the world, caught as they are between the church's double standards and their own needs and passions with their secret longings Mm -hmm. new love and forbidden affairs these church ladies are as seductive as they want to be as vulnerable as they need to be and as unfaithful and unrepentant as they care to be and as free as they deserve to be i'm into it i'm really into it (laughs) so i'm glad i got it um the funny thing is that i go up to pay and um I asked her, like, how long has it been open? Because I swear I haven't heard of the store ever. And she's like, oh, it's only been a year. And um, we haven't even set up our website. Like, that's how new they are. And um, wow. and then I, she started asking me questions because I told her about Kyo and Willow. And she wanted to know, like, oh, how did you get started? And why you did this? And how are you here on a Monday and not working? And I'm like, oh, because I made sure that Mondays I'm off. And she's like, I have to do that too. And her name is Trisha. She's one of the owners and she owns it with her husband. Um, so I, I tried to find like even an article about the store or anything like that. But they're so new that I feel like not a lot of people know about them yet. Um, so it's a right. black family owned and operated independent cafe bookstore located in the heart of Brooklyn. So it's by Prospect Lefferts and Gardens, Flatbush to everyone else. That's so funny they added that. Um, so their bookshelves are unsegregated, featuring a major, a majority of classics and contemporary books by and about individuals of the African diaspora. And they also have national bestsellers. So... Yeah, I'm trying to think about like where it's at because like I used to work around there. My grandmother lives around there, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering like it's really close to Prospect Park because as soon as I was done there, I walked to the park and then walked another hour <laughs> to go to the A train. <laughs> oh my um, I did a lot of walking. This but girl it, is the, the good news is that I was like 50 or 55 degrees, so it was a great day to do that that long walk. Right, right. Um, but no, we started talking, and then she's like, "Do you want some soup?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, I make soup, with, like <laughs> fresh ingredients, vegan, and I think you'll really like it." And I'm like, "You know what? Give me some soup." And it was like the best soup I ever had. Um, so I had that, and she had pastries, and I had some sweet bread. And yeah, super sweet. I really enjoyed this this bookstore, and I wish them the best because the first year is tough. So yeah, and she's like, oh, I spoke to other bookstore owners, like even Cafe Con Libros. She spoke to her to get her advice, and uh, Greenlight Bookstore, who also helped us when we opened Q and Willow, she gave her advice. And yeah, mm-hmm. everyone's just really open to like listening to what works, what doesn't work. And, um, yeah. 
they are on Instagram, so please follow them. They don't have a website, but they do have a bookshop.org account, so you can also support them that way. Um, so you gave her some advice Yeah, and stuff, yeah, so she was like... asking about audiobooks and if we sell them, and we do, but we do it through Libro.fm. Um, yeah, just right. general questions and about events and if they're worth doing and COVID times and yeah right that's so cool though because I love that like that we're part of like of a community even bookstagram and stuff like that like I feel like there's some of the nicest people Mm -hmm. that I've ever like contacted (laughs) like I don't know I just love it it's a very welcoming community which I love um, yeah, or oh, the bookish community is very welcoming. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcoming, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I I mean at least the people that I've interacted right, with. Right. So. And like as soon as we were done with the conversation, two of her regulars came in. It was so cute because I get that through a lot in the bookstore when Lisa or Alexis come in. So you could tell right off the bat like she's already creating right. those relationships with with her people. So I loved it. Right. I'm definitely I definitely want to go back to both, and I want to go to the lip bar because I've never been. I remember when she was starting off and doing all the crowd fu- crowdfunding and we sat down with her and had like lunch or something and she's like oh how did you do kickstarter and this and this and that and um obviously she like blew it out of the park with her crowdfunding and she did really an amazing job so yeah yeah because like also like you have to think about the fact that like i don't know i and this is this is just probably a general statement but i feel like latinx people like you know puerto rican dominican we have such a like a like we want to help our own and yeah there are toxic sides to it but like being in the bronx i feel like in the south bronx it was such a good location Mm -hmm. because like there's still construction going up around Mm -hmm. there too and there's like spots and stuff like that but like i don't know i feel like that was such a good like space to get to open up a book to open up a bookshop and like the community wants like that you know what i'm saying like she did great i can't wait to visit (laughs) yeah she did great Nice. Yeah. All right, so that's it for our bookstore adventures. <laughs> yes, you guys asked it. for it, thank and we you for delivered. making me spend money on books. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I said thank you for making me spend money on books. <laughs> and I, as usual, was very. <laughs> and then you want to hear something mm. funny too? Uh, no, no, no. Wait, hold on. Before we leave, yeah. let me tell you something funny. Vina knows that I spent a lot of money mm-hmm. on books, right? And then this, this mother, <laughs> you know. She calls me and she's like, hey, I didn't know if you still wanted this book. Sends me a picture of a book that I ordered, which is Delilah Green Doesn't yeah. Care. And I'm just like, all right, I'm coming after work. <laughs> Listen, I got to have I this come and I spend more money. Okay. <laughs> Yo, for real. We had a blast. And to wrap up Black History Month, Shanice, I think, is going to read us a poem. Yes, I am. So like maybe in a future episode we'll go to the we'll go to the places yeah. together in future episodes and then we'll talk I about that. I would love that. that. Yeah, me too cuz I would love to go there <laughs> with you. Okay. So um I have been well one of my goals this month was to get to Audrey Lord and I didn't but I am right now so <laughs> goal completed mm-hmm. check. Um it's called Love Poem. Speak earth and bless me with what is richest. Make sky flow honey out of my hips. Rigged as mountains spread over a valley carved out by the mouth of the rain. And I knew when I entered her, I was high wind in her forest hollow. Fingers whispering sound. Honey flowed from the split cup 
impaled on a lance of tongues, on the tips of her breasts, on her navel, and my breath howling into her entrances through lungs of pain. Greedy as herring gulls or a child, I swing over the earth over and over again. Damn, dude. And that is Damn. Really short, sweet. short yeah. but powerful. That was awesome. Short and powerful. That's so good. <laughs> I read this other one too. Like I was just like flipping through it and I was just like, wow. Why have it I did read something of her work. I read um cancer journals, but I couldn't get mm. through it. I but no, I you understand. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So. But that was good. That reminded me of your poetry. And take that compliment, girl. I know. What the <laughs> hell? I didn't read this. Actually, I might put down De- Donez Smith. No, let me stop. Let me read Donez Smith because, I mean, um, Donez because, like, I'm going to get yeah. through that in, like, yeah. a day. Like, yeah. Donez is such let a Let me ask poet, you a question so as a, as a poet. When up? you read somebody else's poetry, What's do up? you, like, take notes on the side or do you just read it through and kind of absorb it and move on? You know, it de- it depends. Like, sometimes I do take notes. Like, when Amanda Gorman's work... Like, lately, I've been taking more notes because I want to try to imitate the work mm-hmm. of poems, poetry, poets and stuff like that. And I want to see what they're doing. And, like, I like to study what they're doing. So, sometimes I do take okay. notes. Um, with Amanda Gorman's, I have, like... I pulled out my notebook on this <laughs> one. I was like, okay, we just going to have to... <laughs> and I did. I wrote a bunch of notes on it. And so, it's oh, in my notebook. Okay. That's good to know. I always wondered, yeah. like, how do poets read poetry? Yeah. I always take notes on the side, like, see what they're doing, how they do it. If they have a rhyme scheme, look at it. See how they're, like, using their rhyme. Like, is it, you know, good? Gotcha. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of rhyme, so is it interesting yeah. to me? Not if it's good, because I feel like rhyme is, rhyming is extremely hard to do. And it do. can be corny so um, easily, too. So well. Girl. <laughs> Yes, it can. <laughs> it sounds like Dr. Seuss. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Okay, I think that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. That is it. Thank you for one year of listening to us. And, yeah, yes. we hope you're meeting your goals. And if you're not, it's okay. You got time. <laughs> it is okay. okay. You have got all the time <laughs> in the world. Uh, nine months. You got nine months. Don't worry about it. You could do it. You could, you could read 400 books in nine oh months. Oh, my good. God. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. Bye, Bye. guys.